fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And stress is an inevitable factor in your life and in the lives of the people in your organization. A fit, healthy team is an energized, effective team, but it is not enough to just tell your people what to do, you need to show them. If you want your people to have a better quality of life and a more rewarding career, then it is vital that you lead from the front. Your choices, your behaviors are in the spotlight. My name's Jay Unwin, it's time to get fit to lead. Don't forget that on the first Wednesday of every month at 11am UK time, I run a free webinar called Level Up Your People. If you're interested in coming along, then you can head to fitbodyfitmind.online forward slash level up and get yourself registered. Now, as you probably know by now, I prefer to talk about habit change, behavior change, overall well-being, lifestyle, organizational fitness and stuff like that. But every now and then, I'll have to get sucked back into a very specific kind of traditional, more traditional health and fitness related topic um, because there's a lot of misinformation out there and every now and then I just think I, I need to address this just to make sure people aren't getting caught up with, with the bullshit that is put out on you know social media and in magazines and stuff like that uh, because there is a huge amount of it and this is something which is um, particularly I mean it's rife in any industry but in the fitness industry it seems to just be absolutely ludicrous sometimes now I'm going to start this with a, a caveat now I'm going to be saying don't believe everything you read online don't believe everything you listen to online and so on and so forth. And that does actually include me. Now, I'm not saying I'm any different. I'm not saying that I have all of the answers and my way is the only way. So what I would recommend that you do is do a little bit of research, um, you know, find some sources that you can trust, find some sources that are backed by evidence, backed by science and, and good quality studies as well. Because what you'll find is that a lot of people who are touting kind of um, certain extremes, they will appear to back them up with science, um, but the studies that they're using to back them up aren't actually that great. So find some sources, but then also check out their sources as well. Do a bit of digging. If there's something that you're not sure about or you think sounds like it could be a little bit too full on, a little bit too extreme, um, you know, anything which suggests that it is foolproof is probably anything but. And one of the things that I wanted to address, in fact, the, this is what I'm going to address today. Now, this is uh, something which has done the rounds uh, for a long, long time, and that is carbohydrates being the root cause of all kinds of diseases, not just on the kind of um, weight gain, body fat gain side of things, because as we all know, although that affects health, um, you know, to if, if you're looking at it from an extreme level, it's not the only thing which affects health. It's, it's one of very, very, very many factors which we should be looking at. So it's not something that I, that I get hung up on a lot. But a lot of people talk about carbs as being inherently fattening. Uh, a lot of people talk about carbohydrates as being the precursor for things like uh, diabetes and hypertension and uh, metabolic disease, cardiovascular ill health, gut problems. There's all kinds of stuff which carbohydrates get blamed for. Now, this could be simple carbohydrates like sugars. Um, which, you know, we talk about, yeah, they're in junk food and stuff like that. I'm not in, entirely a big fan of the word junk food, but, um, you know, foods that are traditionally thought of as junk food. Yeah, of course, there's a fair bit of sugar in that. There's also a lot of sugar in a banana. 
Um, there's also a lot of sugar in all kinds of different fruits, all, all kinds of different vegetables and stuff like that. Um, and then the other one is the starches and things like that. So starchy foods like potatoes and pasta and rice and stuff like that. Now, there was one thing as well which keeps coming up, which is that somehow these things are addictive, especially the sugar. I keep seeing things which suggest that uh, sugar is just as addictive, if not more addictive than cocaine, which is just fucking stupid. Like, I'm sorry, but that is just absolutely just ridiculous. That makes no sense. There is no scientific evidence to back that up. And yet we see it all the time in, um, you know, fitness influencers who are perhaps bought into a certain way of eating. So like keto or other low carb kind of diets. Now, if, if that was true, if it was true that sugars, simple sugars were addictive, then the Olympic and Paralympic athletes we've seen so much of uh, for the past month, or if you're listening to this, you know, not as soon as I've posted it, every uh, every kind of athlete that you, that you could possibly imagine, most of them have quite high carbohydrate diets. In fact, a lot of them have very high carbohydrate diets. Um, they'll use sugar to fuel their kind of hard training sessions uh, because sugar is a great quick release energy source. But they're not banging lines of table sugar in between events or during their training they're using it as a tool now if they used it that much and it was really addictive these people would have a huge amount of um of of problems with this addiction because they're using it all the time you know they're heavy heavy users of sugar um and also they would surely have all of those ill effects but they don't they don't have huge amounts of weight gain. They don't have diabetes, metabolic disease, cardiovascular problems, gut problems. I'm sure some of them do, of course, but if it was across the board that the carbohydrates was causing this, then it would be everyone. It would be everyone. Now, an interesting one to jump in here is that if you're um, if you are finding yourself eating a lot of foods which are... Um, traditionally thought of as kind of sugary or carby foods, um, especially the kind of the, again, I'm, I don't like the word junk food, but the stuff that you would perhaps lump into that category, it's not, it's the, the, re- the stuff which is really hyper palatable is not just carbohydrates, it's not just, uh, it's not just sugars, it's not just um these 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 demonized food groups it's actually a lot of the time it's about 50 percent uh it's about 50 50 split between carbohydrates and fats so things like ice cream things like donuts things like pizza things like there's all kinds of things on the sweet side and on the savory side um but they're not all carbohydrates and to say that ice cream is a carb is mad i mean it's got carbs in it of course but it's also got a lot of fat in it and it's this combination of carbohydrates and fats which makes them very very palatable we enjoy them massively and it becomes very easy to overeat um and this can be this can cause problems of course if it becomes our primary source of energy because it doesn't have a huge amount this hyper palatable food rarely has a huge amount of uh you know micronutrients and other bits and pieces that we need uh, in order to survive and have good health and so if we're getting most of our energy most of our calories from that food then we're going to struggle now it doesn't have to be either or it doesn't have to be either or i eat pizza most weeks i you know i'll i'll quite happily eat uh, i had a really lovely um dark chocolate i had this ice cream the other day i'm going to go off on a tangent here i had an ice cream the other day which was um dark chocolate one scoop of dark chocolate one scoop of pistachio both vegan ice cream so it suits me down to the ground and they were just incredible 
And we, we don't need to be scared of these things. Even the hyperpalatable stuff, that's the stuff that's a bit more um, uh, easier to overeat. But we don't need to be scared of them. They can be part of our lifestyle and we can still be perfectly healthy. So, you know, it's you, you, you're not going to get addicted to boiled potatoes. If starch was addictive, you would sit there and you would smash an entire bowl of pasta with nothing else on it or a bowl of rice, just plain rice. You know, it's it's not, it just doesn't make sense. And the, the all the stuff that, uh, all the kind of bad press that carbohydrates might get, and they used to get in the past, and then we kind of eased off it for a little while, and hopefully, you know, I'd hoped that maybe we'd left that behind, but no, it's in, in a kind of resurgence at the moment. And so if, the, if it was true, if these worries that people who say carbohydrates are inherently bad for you are true, that means that anyone who has a high-carbohydrate diet would be struggling with, you know, obesity and cardiovascular problems and metabolic disease, diabetes, stuff like that. And that's just not the case. That's not the case at all. There are people, of course, who eat high carbohydrate diets who do suffer with some of those things. But it's but it's not everyone. And that is not the deciding factor. If it was the case, then everyone who ate high carbohydrate would be struggling with those problems. And it's not. It's a tiny, tiny minority. So, um, or at least it's uh, it's it's other things as part of their lifestyle which which cause those problems. So what I wanted just to address in this short episode was just to say, guys, don't don't uh, be scared of carbohydrates. Don't be you know they're not addictive. Sugar is not addictive. Starch is not addictive. Um, be aware of hyperpalatable foods that may be triggers for you, but find what works for you. Find what works for you. And if you're leading an organisation. Give people the option to find what works for them as well. Don't kind of try and instill a dogma of some kind, a a, a kind of story um, with certain villains in the nutritional world. Give people some education, but the most important thing is finding what works for you. If you can eat a diet that is low carbohydrate, for example, and that is a diet that you thrive on, awesome, do it. But that's not the only way of doing things. That's not the only way of doing things. Find what works for you from not just a physical perspective, but also from an emotional perspective, from a spiritual perspective, from a social perspective. What what uh, what serves you on all of these different things? What do you enjoy? What allows you that kind of social connection with other people as well? Because obviously restrictive diets don't tend to do that. But find a way of eating which allows you to get the physical results you want in terms of your health, but also the social life that you want, the emotional support that you want, because food is not just for fuel, okay? That's another one that maybe I'll do an episode on that one day. Food is not just for fuel. Food is all kinds of stuff. It's a cultural thing. So find find a way of eating which allows you to make the most of all of these different aspects of life. Stop being scared of carbohydrates. You're not going to get addicted to boiled potatoes. Um... Just relax and 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 stop stressing about this stuff. Thank you for listening to Fit to Lead with me, Jay Unwin. If you're not already connected with me on LinkedIn, come and find me using the link in the podcast description and say hello. If you want me to help you improve the fitness and well-being of your team and of yourself, let's set up a call. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and keep leading from the front.